0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniax Podcast. This is episode number 153, which we are recording on Tuesday, November 7th, 2017. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I can't believe it's November. It is. November. Max is already saying, I can't wait for Christmas. The holiday season
1: is <laughs> upon us. And it's I know true. that people say, no, it's too early. But the reality of it is... If you wait until after Thanksgiving for all of the retail displays and everything, you're dooming everybody that works in retail to work on Thanksgiving
0: to put them all up. So, Yeah, <laughs> and that was the other question Max asked me yesterday. Do you want to go Black Friday shopping? I said, no. not a chance. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> Ugh. And it's finally cold here. So what are you wearing, Charlene? I
1: am wearing my confetti sweater, which is a sweater that I finished... A couple of months ago in May, Confetti is a pullover by Vera Valamaki that Gail and I have been knitting hot and heavy, several versions each. And at the yarn store in Santa Cruz where I work, many, many of our regular knitters have knit a version, and there are two or three of them also that are on their second versions as well. So it's been a very popular, very well accepted sweater by all ages, all body types. It's it's a great pattern. That's it's a true. Great little pattern. That's a good point. All ages and all body types. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Everybody's loving it and everybody has put their own little twist on it, not just in colors, but some people have changed the striping pattern. I did a faded version of it. It changed the yarn type. It's, it's been really fun to see everybody's different versions. It's very versatile. <laughs> very versatile, yes. So I love mine, absolutely love mine. I knit it in Dragonfly Fibers Pixie, and the stripes are in Neighborhood Fiber Company Rustic Fingering. Both are single-ply yarns, so mine is... Very light, and the sweater deserves all the accolades. I just love mine. Thank <laughs> you. How about you, Gail? What are you wearing? You are You're also, are also wearing also a shawl, though. Stripes. Oh, I am. I'm wearing my Inner piece by Hohi Locatelli that I knit in Anzula Cloud. People ask me all the time what shawl this is, and I rarely remember what it is, so I had to go look it up. <laughs> yeah, inner piece. I don't know why I can never remember the name. I can of that never one either. remember this name either. It's a great little triangular shawl that's got twist I think it's twisted stitches. Twisted rib? Kind of kind of yeah, kind of in a ribbing. And it's the overall shape is triangular, but it's got these little little points. So it's not a perfect triangle. It's got like mini points on the on the edge, and it's got the little bobbles on the edge that I love. They're not strictly speaking bobbles. They're little dangly bobbles. Little stuff. dangly bobbles. Yes,
0: <laughs> it's very cute.
1: So how about you, Gail? You are also in stripes.
0: I am in stripes. So the show apparently is brought to you by Vera Valimaki today because I'm wearing my laneway <laughs> tunic and to set the stage of my day today. I've been feeling sorry for myself because my hips hurt and it put me in a bad mood this morning and I was really grumpy. And then it was time to pull out hand knits to get dressed and that put me in a good mood because I get to put on hand knits. And then my peer pressure shawl that I knit a few months ago, yeah, I sent that to my boss as an early Christmas Aww. gift and we were getting ready for a meeting that I was dreading. And all of a sudden she's texting me, thank you so much for the shawl, it's beautiful, put me in such a good mood. Sharing my hand knits with people and the gratitude with which they're received, and she just was so touched by, oh my gosh, I can't believe you knit something for me. It just changed my entire day. So
1: that's great. It
0: was, I just had to share that with everybody because it really just turned a really bad day into a really great day. And to tie that back to what I'm wearing, This is something I haven't worn much, and wearing it today made me feel so good. It's the Laneway pattern by Vera Vallimacki, and I knit mine tunic length. I think it is a tunic length, but I'm not sure. I think so, too. I think so. I think it was from the original interpretations, perhaps. You may have knit yours a little bit longer. I don't remember anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: strictly speaking either. but it is a striped top-down raglan shaped garment and it has pockets and it has an interesting if you've seen breathing space and you know how there's a kind of a it's not a line but where there are increases and decreases that that form like a chevron pattern well this one yeah. has two of those that go down the front of the body so it's not a chevron but it's kind of a zigzag and I love it and I finished this in let's see it was April of 2014 and I oh, hardly wow. I know a long time ago yeah and I've only worn it two or three times so when I saw it this morning like I said it just finally got cold in Santa Cruz so I pulled out my bag from under the bed of all of my winter handknits and I was looking for my focus dress and I saw this one, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I've hardly ever worn that. I'm going to wear that. Yeah. And I put it on, and I was like, oh, this is so cute. I can't <laughs> believe I didn't wear this all the time. Yeah. And Charlene just pulled up the pattern on Ravelry. It is a tunic length. It is I would say it's a, dress a tunic length. Yeah, almost. because
1: in the first photograph, Vera is photographed wearing it as a dress. Yeah. Because she's only got tights on underneath, not not even leggings, they're tights.
0: And so I almost wore tights today, but oh. <laughs> I couldn't find ones that I liked, so I put on leggings instead. It's
1: a little cold for tights in a mini dress.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the other thing I'm wearing are my pom-pom socks, pom-pom ped socks by Pearl Soho, free pattern on Ravelry. And these were the first ever socks I knit, and I finished these in August of 2012. And my laneway tunic is... The Uncommon Thread Confetti colorway, which is a light gray with little tiny specks of all of my favorite jewel tones, turquoise, pink, yellow, the turquoise and pink being I think the dominant speckles, and the contrast color is called, let me see the colorway, I think it's called Lagoon, and it's by Western Sky Knits, and this one was dyed by Heather, and they look so pretty together, and... I, like I said, I can't believe I don't wear this all the time. And it made me smile because I'd forgotten that I knit the little pockets. The inside of the pockets are purple and I'd forgotten that until I put it on. And that just made me go, Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) And my pom-pom pet socks are a lighter turquoise. And then the ribbing around the ankle is a darker gray, so they go together really, really well. They do. So I'm very pleased with my outfit today. I feel very put together. Well, I
1: hope we see more of that sweater this season.
0: Oh, you're going to for sure. (laughs) This one, and I also pulled out some of my other tunics that I cannot wait to wear. I mean, now that the weather's cold, finally, it took forever. I mean, it's November, and now we're finally in hand knits for real. Yeah. So yay for hand knits. I always feel
1: like the cold weather... Doesn't really happen until we change our clocks to standard time.
0: Which was exactly
1: three days ago. So two days ago. Usually like clockwork, it gets cold and I have to fire up the heater at home and
0: that kind of thing. We've already had a couple fires in the fireplace. (laughs) All right, so what have you been stocking? Okay. I am stocking
1: a couple things. As usual, this is the fun part. (laughs) First one is called the Fae Wing Shawl, and this is a pattern by Kelly McClure. And the reason I found this one is because I've been knitting one of Kelly McClure's free patterns, the Sock Head Cowl. I have that in my hands right now because I'm just knitting in the round. And as you do, when you look on Ravelry or enter projects, you click and you (laughs) fall into this rabbit hole. (laughs) And oh, look, Kelly McClure designed this other thing. And this pattern was released just last month in October. So very recently. And it is a shawl that she uses a yarn called Shawl in a Ball by lion brand but what that is is one of those long color changing yarns so if you have any long color changing yarn it'll work with this and it's a pretty pretty shawl especially because i really like the natural and the gray that the sample was knit in and it's got fair well let's see and what weight is the yarn? Well, that's that's the other thing I was going to talk about. This is an Aran White yarn, but she says the shawl can be knit in a wide range of yarn weights. So it can be knit from fingering to worsted weight. I mean, any shawl. Yeah. Face, any shawl can be knit in a wide range of yarn weights. But this one in particular, I guess she's got some... Level of instruction for changing it around a little bit, but since you knit it from the narrow point and you knit to a wide point in the shawl, it's knit side to side. I think you can kind of get away with just making it maybe as big as you want. The shawl's got lace stitch. It's got some garter rows, and then it looks like the edge has a chevron finish at the edge. So it. It looks really fun. (laughs) It's very pretty. Yeah, I I quite like the sample, the colors of the sample. Yeah, those are very,
0: very nice colors. You and I both, those colors appeal to us. Yes, exactly. Bring on the grays.
1: Exactly. I think it also be another shawl that's probably good for hand spun just because of the color changing nature of hand spun and the way this shawl works
0: with color-changing yarn. That's why I asked I you about it, because work. the hand spun you gave me, I was oh, thinking, oh I wonder if yeah. I could do that.
1: Oh, you know, I have a skein of hand spun that I think I could use for this.
0: Oh, good. Mm.
1: See, I gave myself an idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is Fae Wing Shawl by Kelly McClure. The next thing I am stocking is a wrap. It's just a rectangular wrap, and the pattern is called Mill House by Veronica Job, and it's a free pattern on Ravelry. Oh, the last pattern I should mention is a free pattern as well. This one, it looks pretty basic. It's just a rectangular wrap, and what the... The pattern is written for you to change up different kinds of yarns, and some of them are spin cycle, some of them are magpie, and some are yawth. And so she's got different areas in the shawl where you double a yarn, and then like double two kinds of yarn, and then in another part of the shawl, you double a different kind of yarn so that every section of the shawl Looks a little bit different, but you're using the same yarn. Does that make sense? It does make sense.
0: (laughs) And Spin Cycle, Magpie, and Yoth are all yarn brands. Yes. So there are three sizes of this shawl.
1: It looks like about a 1,000-yard shawl, about a 2,000-yard shawl, and about a 3,000-yard shawl. So you can make something that's very, very large. But again, remember, the yarn is doubled into color-blocked sections with different yarns used to make up the color blocks, but if you didn't want to do that, it looks like something that you could use the numbers for to create something entirely different with your leftovers, just because it's a bunch of color-blocked sections, so that's kind of what I was looking at it for, or for using, again, hand-spun yarn, or incorporating them together.
0: Now, those yardages that you just gave, is that holding the yarn doubled the whole time or just for certain parts of the shell? Or the I rat think it's worked? held double the, the whole, whole time. time. Okay. Yeah. So, because 3,000 yards sounds very daunting. Right. You'd only be knitting 1,500 yards basically. Worth.
1: <laughs> if that's any comfort at all. <laughs> so, that is Mill House by Veronica Job. And the next one is a shawl called Valo by Susanna Winter, who is Talvi from our Ravelry group. She oh. participates in some of our discussions, nice. and I think she had even put a link to this shawl in one of our discussion threads, which is probably how I found it. It's a, I think it's a really cute two-color shawl with alternating eyelet and stockinette sections, and it looks pretty fun to knit. And let's see, the edge, it's got an edge that's all eyelets.
0: Ooh, that's pretty. Yeah,
1: I really like it. I would totally wear this one. Totally wear this one. It looks like something that I could incorporate very, very easily into my wardrobe. I have lots of single skeins that I can mix and match.
0: So I like a lot of her shawl designs. I like her aesthetic a lot. Yeah. And her projects that she knits that aren't her designs are yeah. very beautiful, too. Yeah. She has very good taste in patterns.
1: So that is Volo by Susanna Winter. And the last thing that I am stocking is one that it's brand new. And when I opened up Ravelry this morning, I saw it on the hot right now. I had seen the pattern yesterday, and I'm not sure how I... I'm not sure where I saw the link to it yesterday, but it obviously is brand new and crawling up the hot right now. So I some rabbit hole I fell, in, you know? <laughs> I fell into and I saw it. But this is called and Rose by Martina Bean, and it's a four-color chevron shawl. And you guys know how much I love chevrons. And <laughs> oh, how did I miss that? It's really cute. It's knit sideways Ooh, that is pretty. so that the chevrons are going... Side to side, but the color stripes are going up and down, if that makes any sense. Yep. The chevrons themselves are knit side to side, but the color stripes go up and down. And I love the fact that you use four colors together. I love the potential for mixing skeins and leftovers and hand spun. The pattern says that you need 220 yards of four different colors, which means if you have leftovers from other shawls or from your faded shawls perhaps Mm -hmm. you could easily use them for something like this and get something equally eye-catching i'm sure but it just looks really fun to wear fun to knit and i just realized that everything everything that i've stocked all four of those are shawls i noticed that (laughs) So that was Rockin' Rose by Martina Beam. How about you, Gail? What are you stocking? Hopefully, not all shawls.
0: <laughs> no, actually, none of my shawls. Oh, okay. Let's so go. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. i well rounded. Exactly. Haven't had a whole lot of stocking time lately. So I have three things. And one, I can't even say I've been stocking it yet because it hasn't been released. But Helen Stewart's newest knit vents comes out this Thursday, the 9th, her first pattern. I'm so
1: excited to see.
0: I am too. Definitely. Her theme this year is the Nutcracker. And I love the Nutcracker Ballet so much. So as soon as I heard that, I thought, oh, gotta have it. So I purchased the collection today, and it is a collection of six patterns. I listened to her latest podcast this morning. She is Curious Handmade, and she said she always has one shawl and then could be any variety of other items. I know she almost always has a hat. There's often a cowl. Sometimes there are fingerless mitts. She's had headband type of items before, so... It's a mystery collection that are all meant to be smaller items that you can knit either for gifts or, of course, for yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and she always uses a variety of different yarn weights and things like that. So, like I said, when I heard it was Nutcracker themed, I went and purchased it right away. So I'm looking forward to that, Helen. And the other two projects that I've been stocking, or patterns, I should say, now, I'm going to try to pronounce this properly. Zwieg or Zwieg, perhaps? Z-W-E-I-G. It's a new yoke sweater by Caitlin Hunter. And I discovered this one because my good friend Sarah, who is a spell of winter, she recently knit it, and it's so beautiful on her. She named <clears throat> hers Blackberry Compote, and it's a dark purple body, and then her yoke. I can't remember what color the yoke is, but it's interesting because it's a top-down Yoke sweater, and instead of having a lot of color work in the yoke, it's lace. So, in the yoke, there's lace work so you can see through it. So, you could wear a different color shirt underneath to highlight, you know, make that lace work pop out. But there's also a little bit of color work, and then in the body of the sweater, there's a lot of texture in it. I'm not sure what the stitch is, but there's texture in the body of the sweater as well. Hmm. I didn't see the texture so much on the pattern page in Ravelry. The actual color that the designer used, I didn't see the texture in that.
1: Yeah, I can't. You can't um, really look, see it, right? I just opened up the pattern page and I can't tell.
0: Yeah, I read the description and I thought, oh, texture. So I looked at a lot of the other finished sweaters and a lot of them, depending on the color, you can see the texture very well. But I really think the sweater is beautiful two different colors of fingering weight yarn, and I'm sure you don't use very much of the contrast color. So really like that one. That's Zweig or Zwig by Caitlin Hunter.
1: Is that one you think you'll knit?
0: Well, I don't know. I want to see more of them first. Mm-hmm. The idea of doing lace in a yoke sweater intrigues me, and it looks really pretty on people. So it's something that I it's pretty enough to knit. I just, it's not at the top of my list right now. Yeah. I have a lot of other things that I really want to knit that are, you know, chomping at my knitting fantasy life to be knit first before this. So it's something that I could knit in the future, but it's not an imminent, Ooh, I really want to cast that on. So, but I really do love this sweater. I think it's really pretty. And she has a lot of beautiful designs. She has, let's see The sunset highway was another recent, Sweater that she released that was another colorwork yoke sweater that was really beautiful, lots of colors in it, and that was a, a colorwork yoke sweater. She has a couple others that are textured in the yoke, so they're one color but they're textured that were really interesting. And then I can't remember the name of the poncho, Nilchik or something like that. Hmm. I know Destin Tanet just finished one. I really want to knit that, but it's in a worsted weight, so I probably won't. But it's a beautiful colorwork, top-down, kind of like the Veronica pullover that I knit, a mm-hmm. similar type of body where it's a big, it looks like a poncho, but it has the sleeves. Really beautiful design. So Caitlin Hunter, check her out. And let's see, the other project slash pattern that I've been stocking is called Francis Revisited by Beth Silverstein. This is something that's been in and out of my queue for years.
1: Yeah, I going say, I've stopped that one yes. before.
0: <laughs> it's been something Charlene and I have both talked to each other about knitting for many years. The pattern was released in 2008, and I think that's when it probably crossed my radar, was way back then. So this is a top-down raglan sweater that has a very pretty cowl neck that has some, I think it's seed stitch details. so I think it's a little bit in the cowl and I think their seed stitch in the raglan increases and the rest is just straight up stockinette there's a little bit of shaping to it and was it Jane at the Swiss yeah, stitch our she friend made it Jane for her daughter. Yeah, she just knit one for her daughter and she held it up and I thought I know that sweater I've seen that and I just happened to have enough Malabrigo worsted in Hollyhock in my stash to knit that sweater hmm. and I've been thinking How quick would a worsted weight sweater like that knit up? It would be so quick. It would be a little over a thousand yards for my size. Mm -hmm. So that almost got swatched yesterday because I'm kind (laughs) of in this pattern limbo. But that is Francis Revisited. And it's a really simple but cute, you could wear it with anything type of design. So those are the ones that I'm stocking right now. Okay. And what are you knitting? well <laughs> that was remember how thoughts. i was going
1: through my stash and looking for something to make with the dk weight yarn that i decided i wanted to use in my stash <laughs> so gail is laughing because of course that meant that i promptly cast on a fingering weight boxing <laughs> she didn't cast on anything with the dk that she was looking for a pattern for <laughs> i do not know why. This is just how it works. You, it, it is. Yes, yeah. you find yarn in your stash. You think I must knit this, and you get obsessed with it. And so now I found myself knitting round and round on a fingering weight boxy. So <laughs> it, it,
0: it means you have a very well curated stash if you're stash diving. And you find yarn in your stash that just calls out to you like that. That's a really good sign. I, I think. love my stash as I haven't f- totally finished the
1: rearranging i I yeah, took a little break on that. so I so you can cast on a new have, sweater. Yeah, so I do <laughs> still have a little work to do on that. Good to mention it here because that reminds me. But yeah, this is just what happens when you fluff your stash, basically. I could not come to a definitive answer on any of the DK white sweater quantities or a definitive decision, I should say. So the the, next best thing. The next best thing. I remembered, stumbled across, found in my stash that I had four skeins of fingering, or it's sock white, sock slash fingering, Neighborhood Fiber Company, in a very dark gray, black color. Parts of it look black. Parts of it are very dark gray. And I have four skeins of it. And I knew that I needed to knit something large with it because I had four skeins. A large quantity. And I also knew that because it was such a dark color, it had to be something that pretty much was all stockinette and didn't require a lot of hand-holding or looking at the yarn while I knit it. And I have been meaning to knit another boxy since I knit my first one, I believe, back in 2013. Yeah, you have been talking about it all those years, Mm -hmm. how you want to knit another one. Yeah, and so well done. There we go. Boxies on the Needles. It's a pattern by Hohe Locatelli. I think probably everybody on Ravelry has probably seen the boxy sweater at some point because it is one of Hohe's most knit patterns with 3,321 projects as of today. And the original pattern was released back in August 2012. I knit my first boxy back in 2013, and I still wear it. It still looks fantastic, and I wear it a lot. I knit that one in Tosh Merino Light, and the yarn holds up so much better than most people give credit to single-ply yarns mm-hmm. for <laughs> because it's held up remarkably well, and it looks really good still, and I wear that sweater a lot a lot a lot so hopefully this one will get as much wear hopefully it comes out just as nice and i'm happy hopefully just as happy with this version as my first <laughs> i have to pull my boxes back out of the closet You're have you kind knit of buried right two? now i've knit two yeah oh, okay so the first one i knit i knit in pieces and this one just because of the dark yarn i decided to knit it in the round, hopefully I won't regret that decision, but you knit yours in the round. Yeah. And yours are just fine. So Mm -hmm. I, I assume many, many folks have knit theirs in the round and the pattern does not appear to be waning in popularity. So it's still a very, very much, much wanted sweater.
0: Yep. I got to pull mine out. I have one in, Neighborhood Fiber Company, rustic fingering, oh okay, in a purpley pink color, mm-hmm. darker purpley pink, and then I have my other one is in Fathom Tosh Merino Light Fathom, which is that beautiful deep blue.
1: Oh, that's right. So yeah, right. I gotta pull do. those back out. Yeah, you should. Okay, so that is Boxy by Hohi Locatelli. And then the other thing that I am working on that is in my hands right now at the moment is another sockhead cowl. I mentioned that at the beginning of the recording when I was talking about Kelly McClure because the sockhead cowl and the sock head hat are two very popular, also free patterns from Kelly McClure available on Ravelry. And I think I've knit a couple versions of the sock head hat as well and the cowl I've been knitting with fingering weight scraps and I think most of the I think this is my third one and they're your
0: third yeah
1: and they're going to be some of my charity knitting for this season excellent yeah so that's what I am knitting
0: how about you Gail I'm working on my yoga shawl right now by Andrea Mowry, and again, Neighborhood Fiber Company Rustic Fingering, uh, that's Karita's single-ply fingering, and this one is in her dark tonal gray, which I love, and I would say that I'm just over halfway done with the shawl. Well, it's a triangular wrap, but it's not triangular, rectangular wrap, but it's named the yoga shawl. I just started the buttonholes. On Ooh, one fun. side, so yeah. Now I have some stuff to do besides just straight up stockinette yeah. <laughs> because, oh my goodness, there are inches and inches and inches and inches and, <laughs> inches and inches and inches of straight up stockinette. So it gets really boring. Well, we've both been working on those stockinette projects. Mm-hmm. It's great for meetings and things like that, yeah. but I needed a little spice. Every, yeah, you know, so you've need got a those spicy button. <laughs> spicy, yeah, exactly. So that is the yoga shawl by Andrea Maury. And I don't count this necessarily as I'm still knitting it. My annulaire by Hillary Smith Callis, the top-down sweater. Mm-hmm. All my knitting is done, but I did some modifications thanks to a suggestion from our friend Anne, who is AG so and so on Ravelry and Instagram. I was not pleased with the way the bottom hem looked. The pattern has you do it's all stockinette uh, it's a a-line shape at the bottom you do pearl knit pearl bind off well that was rolling up that was not going to stay down and i had no faith that after it was blocked it would stay down i don't you mean have good... one
1: row of knit one row of pearl correct and one row yeah one okay. round
0: pearl one round knit one round pearl and then okay. bind off and i've not had very good luck when i've done such a short amount of garter at mm-hmm. the bottom of a garment with it not rolling up. Yeah. In fact my first boxy rolls up. So Anne said. Why don't you try a folded hem. And I thought hmm. Okay I like the look of folded hems. So I did a folded hem. On the bottom of the sweater. On the neckline. And on the sleeves. So all of my knitting is done. But I haven't stitched down all of the folded hems yet. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing remaining. I have half of the bottom left to stitch up. And one sleeve left. So I'm very close to being final, final, final. So I think hopefully I'll have that blocking within a day or two. The only problem being now that daylight savings time is over and we're back to it being dark earlier, I need bright light to do the seaming of the turned hem because the yarn is pretty dark and (laughs) I have reading glasses that I don't use very often, but I was using them to stitch up the turned hem because Mm -hmm. you really have to be able to see it very clearly and there were some places on the sleeve so a turned hem what you do in my turned hem I knit three rounds that were just stockinette then you do one round of purl which is the turning round and then you do three more rounds of stockinette and then you fold it where the purl row is and then you seam it on the back side you right where it folds then you just Seam up the bound off edge to the pearl bump or whatever on the back side of the sweater. So, if you don't pay close enough attention, you will end up not picking up the right pearl bump and you'll either go up or down a row, and then your turned hem doesn't lay flat. So, on my sleeve, I did do that at one point and thought, okay, I need to have bright light, I need to be wide awake, and I need to be focused. I can't have people talking to me or just regular distractions because then I get off on my row. So I hope to have that blocking in a day or two, but it depends on daylight, not being disturbed, all those things. (laughs) So we'll see how much, how far I get, but it's going to be worth the effort to do the turned hem instead of the finishing called for in the pattern. And I also modified it by not doing quite as many increases as the pattern states as well. And it's still going to be really a line and very, voluminous at the bottom so but I'm liking it so far it's going to be really pretty so I'm not still knitting that but I'm almost still knitting it yeah so I couldn't call it a finished object yet but I was close so speaking of finished objects what have you finished
1: well I guess mine is kind of in the same realm where I have finished all the knitting but I haven't blocked it I don't have any photos and I'm talking about my ginga top which is a pattern by, I believe it's Yoko Johnston.
0: We need a new category of knitting where it's like when you haven't sewn on the buttons or you haven't weaved in the ends. Your knitting is finished, but it's not technically a finished object because you still have that wee bit of finishing work to do. So,
1: Well, and the reason is somewhat similar to yours because mine is a warm-weather Top, And now that the weather has turned cold and we've gone over to our four months of standard time, I'm not so inclined to wear it. (laughs) And I'm thinking that I may just pack it away and save the blocking for March-April time zone, just because if I block it now and pack it away, it'll just get wrinkled. You have to redo it. And I'll have eventually to anyway. redo it to wear it. So the more I think about it, yeah, I'll probably just pack it away. But I should say that the ginga top, and yes, the pattern is by Yoko Johnston, is a pullover top with lace insets on the shoulders, a lace panel along the upper back, and then a lace panel along the bottom. I knit mine in the coast Yarn, let's see, who makes the coast yarn? Holst. Holst yarn, yes. I should know. We mention it almost every podcast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we're like the spokespeople for coast yarn. Yes. But that yarn is half wool and half cotton, so it makes a very, well, a much lighter garment than if it were 100% wool, of course, but it's also very, very fine they light, fingering yarn so the top that I knit is very light as a feather kind of thing and I think it will work really well as a top it won't be too heavy of a layer since I'll have to wear a tank underneath so that's probably the best best thing you could ask for in a short sleeve top that it doesn't add a lot of heat yes when you have to wear an undergarment I agree and then the other thing that i have finished is another skein of my malabrigo new bay sweater spin oh that's so pretty <laughs> oh and my it's goodness interesting because wow not unlike hand dyed yarn each skein is kind of looking a little different so i'm really curious how folks who spin with color four sweaters deal with it when they go to knit the sweaters? Do you alternate skeins? Do you treat it like hand-dyed yarn and alternate skeins? Do you just go with it? Perhaps when it's all knit up, you won't really be able to tell. Does that skein have more purple in it than your other skein? It has a little, it has this section of the brighter purple. Okay. Because the other skeins more muted, more gray. So there's not a lot of this bright purple, but this happens to be a skein that has a little bit more of it. So it's interesting. I have to figure out how to knit with hand spun yarn now. (laughs) And this one's a very, it's very, well, describe the color. It's a purple gray. It goes from gray to purple yeah it's is that how pretty. you would describe it yeah very tonal and there's gray. a lot of barber polling going on because yep. it's a three-ply yarn when you look at it from across the room it kind of reads as a lavender gray because mm-hmm. from across the when I say from across the room I mean far enough away that you won't see the individual colors it just kind of looks like one color, and you don't see the barber polling looking at it from across the room, for example. And what do you mean when you say barber polling? Oh, two colors twisting around each other like a, the red and white of a barber
0: pole of old. <laughs> yeah, I can visualize that because I'm looking at it. But for anyone who's not familiar with handspun, that's just literally yes. the way it sounds, yes. is the old-fashioned barber pole, the way the two colors twist around each other. It's really a cool effect that... You pretty much only get with hand spun.
1: It is. And it's interesting that people call it barber polling when there aren't really barber poles anymore.
0: Well, and I don't know if that's a universal thing. If there are barber poles in other countries, I have no idea.
1: I really don't know. To me, I think of it kind of as the twisting that you see on peppermint
0: candy. Yeah, a candy cane. Yeah. Because... I don't know if there are barber poles everywhere in yeah, America. I don't know either. In the 40s, 50s, 60s, they had literally poles outside of a barber shop to advertise it was a barber shop that were red and white, swirled like a candy cane. So, <coughs> oh, sorry, that's my shoe that I just. <laughs> <coughs> so that's what we mean by barber pole.
1: Yeah. So those are the two things I have finished. What have you finished, Gail?
0: Well, besides my annular being on the cusp of a finished object, I've been knitting more hats. Tis the season for charity Mm -hmm. hat knitting, or cowl knitting in your case. Last episode, I said I was knitting... Now I can't remember the name of the hat. But remember last last episode, I'd forgotten my show notes. And I misspoke with the name of the pattern. I was really knitting The Honey Hat by Jen Nevitt. And I was... I said I was knitting a hat by Susie Gourlay, which I am going to knit, and I've knit in the past, but this was the honey hat. And I used Cascade 220 Superwash in a very beautiful blue, and I also knit what was intended to be a stash-busting helix hat by Jessica Rose. However, I had taken the yarn with me to my mother-in-law's house where I was staying for a few days, and I only brought two colors of yarn. And the stash-busting helix hat is a really cool pattern where you can mix and match all sorts of colors of yarn that spiral around each other in a helix. But if you forget a third color or such, then it's just a stripe. So it didn't really turn out to be a helix. It turned out to be a striped hat.
1: Did they barber pull?
0: They didn't barber pull, really. It just looks like stripes. the way
1: it turns out? Like a spiral? Yeah. Yeah, the
0: helix hat, it does because very clever way of knitting it. It's a free pattern on Ravelry. You basically knit X number of stitches in one color, drop that color, pick up the second color, knit another third of the stitches, drop the second color, pick up the third, knit X Mm -hmm. number of stitches, drop that, pick up color A, drop, pick up color B. I know I've
1: tried that pattern in the past, but I couldn't remember how it was done.
0: It's really cool. And I now have enough leftovers after knitting the striped hat to knit a Helix hat in black, light pink, and raspberry pink. So that will be a very pretty combination. So that'll be next up on the needles for my next charity hat. So I'm on a roll with charity hats right now. Mm-hmm. And I actually took pictures of all of them yesterday. So Yay. with Mike's help, he was my somewhat willing model for the bigger circumference hats, and I was the model for the others. So trying to catch up on my finished object pictures because I'm woefully behind in a lot of them. So that's what I've been doing. Okay. Or what I finished rather. <laughs> so we've been mentioning
1: holiday knitting, holiday holiday season, that kind of thing, and our sponsor this month has kind of potential for holiday gifting. Absolutely. <laughs> We'd like to thank Plum Deluxe for their sponsorship this month. Love trying new teas. Treat yourself to a Plum Deluxe tea subscription. For only $10 a month, you'll receive a hand-blended, all-organic, loose-leaf tea thoughtfully chosen for the season. Tea club members also enjoy special benefits like gift swaps, free shipping on all purchases, and access to a supportive community. Caffeine-free, allergy-friendly options are available. A tea subscription also makes a fantastic gift. Plum Deluxe has a new selection of accessories from artisan scoops and spoons to pretty and practical tea infusers. Great for host hostess gifts or for yourself. Visit PlumDeluxe.com and explore. I received an invitation to a little holiday get-together that I go to every year and at the get-together we usually have some kind of Small gift exchange. Is that at Lori's house? Yeah. And I've been racking my brains trying to think of what to bring. And this arrived in my mailbox yesterday. And I was thinking tea. Yes. A tea is something that you can give to anyone. Because tea is its kind of a universal thing. Men and women both like tea. You can do herbal caffeine free tea or you can do a caffeinated tea. So I'm
0: I think that tea might be it for me this year. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea. It's interesting because Josie has always liked teas and coffees and Max now is really into tea. So he actually mm. made himself Trader Joe's has a really good peppermint green tea that's Mm -hmm. decaffeinated and he's been making that to bring to school in the mornings, to drink in the mornings, and he's brewing it for himself in the evenings, which is, wow, for a 15-year-old boy, that's kind of interesting. (laughs) And I have to admit that I did go on the Plum Deluxe website earlier today, and my favorite blend of his is called the Garden Grove green tea, and it was on sale, so I bought a few of them, two for myself and some for gifts, because at $5... For a package, it's like that's a really good price yeah. for that tea. So I was yeah. really pleased when I saw that was on sale. I
1: think that's Score. one of the ones that I have and and really like. That's so my favorite I'm of the ones have I've to tried. Go yeah, check that out. Thank you for letting me know. Garden <laughs> Green
0: is my favorite of his blends. All right, good to know. All right, so our feature today is more on the yarn labels. Yes. So we've been. This is a third part of the series talking about yarn labels and how they're really useful when you're planning projects and or substituting yarn and or just yarn shopping in general because well we all kind of do it we all wander around and just look at yarns and want to pick up a pretty skein here and there and it's helpful to know what the information on the yarn label means and how it can kind of help you decide what that yarn might want to become
1: yeah and specifically substitutions was something that we wanted to talk about and i don't know why do we substitute yarns i think is a good place to start and i think my main reasons for substituting yarns are usually because maybe the recommended yarn isn't available locally or maybe there aren't any colors that i like maybe it's too expensive yeah or and maybe i have a a yarn that's too similar in my stash and i don't want to buy
0: something else and or there's a fiber in it that you don't care for yeah. like yeah. alpaca i usually won't knit because it makes me itch so yeah. i would look for a substitute
1: yeah and the the big one for me is that a lot of times it's just simply
0: because yarn stubbing is fun. <laughs> yes, it is. It's true. Well, it's like if you're out and you just happen to find a beautiful skein of yarn, then you have skein, you know, stash at home. So when you find a pattern you want to knit, mm-hmm. if you want to substitute a yarn, well, why not pick from the stash you love so right, much? Right,
1: right. And also, if you find a pattern that you want to knit, it's kind of fun just to go around to different, Yarn shops or websites and look and see what's available, rather than just go with ordering the, recommended, with yarn, the yeah. recommended yarn. And okay, so here's the recommended yarn. It's available in ten colors. I only like two, and it's hard I to find. Guess I'll and order I the get it from Australia. <laughs> yeah, I don't really yeah. know what it's gonna look like right. when it gets here. Exactly.
0: And yeah. Exactly. Yep, substituting yarn is something that, like I've been saying throughout this whole series, I've started my very first sweater by substituting the yarn and didn't know what I was doing, and it did work out in the end after I knit the sweater twice, but (laughs) my first fail wasn't because I picked a poor yarn, I picked a bad pattern that just didn't work. But the information, like last episode, we talked about the fiber and how the fiber content of a yarn helps when you're substituting for a project. But The gauge is also important. And we talked about this too that how the gauge on the yarn label, if it's provided, should be a guideline. It will typically tell you what size needles to use to get a specific gauge. And sometimes, depending on the yarn, it may even tell you for crochet what size crochet hook to use to get a specific Mm -hmm. gauge. And there was an interesting story on two knitlet chicks this last week Tracy and Barb. Tracy was talking about a sweater she knit. She used a yarn that was completely not the same yarn as the sweater, was able to use the recommended needle size to get the recommended gauge. So looking at that from the reverse side, if you're looking at a yarn label, just because the gauge is stated on the label doesn't mean that's a hard and fast rule. It's a guideline. So... It can guide your selection of yarn. So, for example, if you see a pattern that calls for worsted weight yarn, it might guide your selection of yarn when you're yarn shopping and looking at labels. But don't let it determine everything for you. And, Charlene, I know you have some advice on this, being a yarn store aficionado. it's,
1: It's just that you can knit so many yarns to the same gauge, but the yarn itself might be very different in terms of the weight classification, which when I say weight classification, I mean, is it a sport or a bulky or a DK? Somewhat kind of those yarn labels we talked about. I think we talked about it two episodes ago when we talked about how the yarn, the craft yarn council had specific numbers that they like to assign and so along with those numbers there are the names of sport or bulky or dk which are also guidelines yes exactly so sometimes you can knit a yarn for example you can knit a cascade 220 at five stitches to the inch but i could also knit a sock weight yarn at five stitches to the inch so you are able to knit yarns that are in different weight classifications perhaps to the same gauge whether you'd want to use them for the same project or whether they're good substitutions for the yarn that's called for in a pattern may not necessarily be the case. I don't know if I said that right. (laughs) So just because you can get gauge
0: doesn't mean you should strive to get gauge.
1: Yes yes or it may just it may yield fabric that's totally wrong
0: that's what I have right here in my notes consider the fabric you prefer yes so if you're knitting socks you probably want a really tight fabric which means you're going to be knitting at a tighter gauge probably on smaller needles to get a denser fabric that's going to hold up to the wear that socks get just because of the nature of what they are versus if you're knitting a hat you could knit a hat in fingering weight that could be a really drapey hat and you could knit the same hat possibly in worsted weight, probably not on the same needles, but close. And if you're knitting it with a thicker yarn, you're gonna have a very sturdy, dense hat that is not drapey at all. So that's what we mean by fabric. Is it loose and drapey or is it dense? And that's not necessarily a function of the fiber content. In this instance, it's a factor of the gauge. What size needles are you using? what stitch to the inch and row to the inch gauge are you getting and how is that affecting the fabric so if you're substituting a yarn gauge swatching is helpful not just because then you know if you're going to get the garment to fit if it's a garment that needs to fit like a sweater but also because you can see what the fabric looks like so i recently swatched for the annulaire sweater that i knit and the fabric that i got I didn't like the first time so I decided to try on a different size needles and really like the next fabric better it was less loose so you couldn't see through it as much had a little more substance to it, substance to it and that's something that you have to experiment on gauge with until you find the fabric you like for your garment and fit is important so if it like I said if it's a pattern that requires that it fits then you really have to gauge swatch if you want a garment that you're going to be able to wear. If it's something like a shawl, then it really doesn't matter. It's right. specifically what fabric do you like? Some people like their shawls to be drapier, some people like them to be thicker. It might depend on the pattern itself. It does matter if you have a specific amount of yarn, though. Yes. I was thinking as I was <laughs> as I was exploring this idea. That's true. Like, oh, it's great if I have a specific pattern I want to knit and I want it to be really drapey. Well caution patterns are written for a specific amount of yarn Mm -hmm. and that's based on the gauge so if you're going to go off gauge and knit a looser fabric you might run out of yarn so that's the only caveat if it's a a pattern that you don't need to fit like a shawl be aware of how much yarn you have and how much yarn is required before you go off gauge because you don't want to run out of yarn
1: right and just as an example going back to your example about knitting the socks if you wanted like let's like say your sock pattern was seven or eight stitches to the inch and you were knitting your socks really tight and you were looking for a substitution perhaps for your next pair of socks and you picked up a lace weight yarn for example yes you can knit that lace weight yarn to seven or eight stitches to the inch very easily. But is that a fabric you would want for socks? Probably not because it's going to be probably airier, meaning the holes are bigger. And a lace weight yarn is going to wear through very quickly for socks. So just because you can get gage with a yarn doesn't always mean it's a good substitution. It, yes. may, it may work out fine. Like you were saying in the example of somebody substituting a a lighter weight yarn for a larger yarn. I think it was on a sweater. Mm-hmm. And the fabric will probably be different. But if it's one that you're happy with and you think it
0: works for the pattern, then that's great (laughs) and here's a specific example of that in action so i want to knit andrea mowry's newest pattern which is the comfort fade cardigan talked about it a lot on recent episodes and that pattern calls for a dk weight yarn and the gauge that's stated on the pattern is 21 stitches and 32 rows over four inches Well, I don't want to knit that sweater in a DK weight yarn because my stash is mostly composed of fingering weight yarn, and I have a lot of fingering weight skeins that are going to make a beautiful fade. I need to swatch with my targeted fingering weight yarn to get a fabric that I like. Now, my fabric is probably not going to be to the 21 stitch and 32 rows per inch that this pattern calls for. So in that case, how do you substitute? So I'm going to use a thinner yarn than the pattern states, so my gauge will be tighter than the pattern states. So that means I'm gonna have to do some math. And in this case, what I may end up doing is choosing to knit a larger size of the sweater, because that will give me more inches with my fingering weight yarn, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do some math before I just decide to do that right. <laughs> because I want the sweater to fit. So if I choose to knit a sweater that's two sizes larger, well, maybe it's not going to fit me all around. So that's another way you can substitute where it's you're clearly going off pattern because you're choosing an entirely different weight yarn than the pattern states, but you can still make it work if you're willing to do some math. And Elizabeth Doherty has some really good information on her blog about how to do the math to get your gauge to work for a different weight yarn than what the pattern calls for. So that's a real life example of something Mm -hmm. I will be doing. And I'll be doing that for our self-indulgent knit along that will be from January 1st through sometime mid-May. We don't know the final date yet, but we will let you know. And I put out in one of the threads in our Ravelry group, if anyone is interested in joining me for a little knit along inside a knit along to knit the comfort fade cardigan by Andrea Mowry during the self-indulgent knit along. Let me know. We kind of did that with the Markley. It was very organic. How a lot of us just ended Mm -hmm. up knitting the Markley for that knit along. So maybe this will work for the comfort fade Cardi also, and I will be knitting it in fingering weight instead of DK weight. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I keep forgetting to mention that people were interested in knitting along on that sweater.
1: And that's, an equally viable way to do it, say you have a yarn in your stash that you love and you don't know what you want to knit with it, you could just decide to make a swatch, figure out what fabric you like with that yarn, and then look for a pattern that's that gauge.
0: Yeah, because you can search by gauge in Ravelry right. now too. Right. So that's Which is another... Amazing great way it's
1: not necessarily substituting but it's figuring out what fabric you like with the yarn and that's that's a great way to do it I think
0: yeah and a lot of people don't like gauge swatching I personally don't care for it so much Charlene doesn't mind it at all it's just something that I think is a good use of your time if you want a garment that fits and People say gauge swatches lie because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes your sometimes they
1: do yeah sometimes <laughs> your little
0: tiny piece of knitted fabric isn't going to represent what your entire knitted yes. garment is going to do, yes. especially in the case of like a top-down raglan that doesn't have a lot of structure, especially if it's a heavyweight yarn that's going to stretch and pull a lot. So there is some experimentation that goes in with gauge swatching, and it's not always going to accurately reflect your finished garment, but it really. It will usually reflect the fabric of your finished garment. Yeah. Just keep in mind what the fiber types are, the weight of the yarn. You know, if there's a fiber type that's not very elastic, like alpaca or silk, that's drapier, that's going to affect it. If you just do a tiny gauge swatch yeah. versus a large garment, that's great for drapey shawls, but maybe not so great for a garment that you want to hold its shape better. So those are other factors to consider, yeah. like we've been talking about in previous episodes. I always say swatching
1: is your friend, but sometimes your friends don't tell you everything.
0: <laughs> sometimes your friends don't tell you things like, you know, your butt looks kind of big in those jeans, you know, kind of things like
1: that. <laughs> and sometimes the yarn on a little swatch doesn't say, Hey, when I get to be that big piece of stockinette across your back. I'm going to stretch three or four inches and become a gigantic sweater. Especially if
0: I'm a superwash worsted weight yarn.
1: Or an alpaca yarn.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, swatches don't tell you everything. But it's a good start. It gets you going in the right direction. And you learn something. You may not learn everything, Mm -hmm. but you definitely learn something
0: about the yarn. Yeah. Yeah. If, if nothing else you learn whether you like the working yarn with the yarn
1: not. or
0: not. I agree. I've discovered That's Poe Kitty wants to go outside. I've discovered just by virtue of swatching that I haven't enjoyed knitting with yarns and it's saved me from getting into a garment and being, you know, partway into a garment or a shawl or whatever and just really not liking working with the yarn. So that can happen and yeah. swatching will save you from that you're partway through a sweater and you think, okay, well, I've already knit, for example, the whole yoke. I don't like the yarn. Do I keep going because I've knit this far or do I abandon the project because I don't like the yarn? So, I've been there and swatching can help a lot to avoid yes. that very yeah. issue.
1: The term yarn weight can be confusing and we've tried to clarify it a little bit for our uses here because yarn weight can mean that classification that we talked about, as in whether a yarn is sport or bulky or worsted. But yarn weight is also used, the, the term yarn weight is also used when you weigh a skein of yarn and determine its mass, as in if is that skein 50 grams, 100 grams, or 4 ounces, that kind of thing. So we've tried to clarify it when speaking of it, But that's just something to keep in mind when you're shopping or asking questions about yarns.
0: Yeah, speaking of weight and mass, so I'm knitting my yoga shawl in Neighborhood Fiber Company, Rustic Fingering. I'm holding the yarn label in my hand, and she includes both the yardage and the mass, 4 ounces equals 475 yards, which was critical information for me today mm-hmm. because on my yoga shawl, it says, you know, at this number of inches, do this, etc. Well, I'm doing it. My row gauge isn't spot on for the pattern. So I didn't want to wait until 30 inches to start the buttonholes because then I might run out of yarn. So I could tell by the color change where I changed my skein of yarn. So I could measure specifically from that point yeah. and know, okay, at what number of inches do I need to change? and start doing the buttonholes and then i thought oh well i don't know how much is left in that skein of yarn and i thought at first it was tosh Marino light and i was like oh i'm not gonna know how much is left <laughs> I'm Like, oh it's neighborhood fiber company she puts her weight on her balls so i knew after i weighed it i had 42 grams left so i don't used only a little over half of the skein and I thought I'd use much more than that. So that was really useful to me today that, Oh, I can go a little farther than I thought I could because now I know how much yarn I have because Corita rocks and she puts (laughs) the actual yardage on her labels. So real life example there too. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that that, this series has been useful information, especially for people who are newer to knitting and crocheting. I know. I,
1: I hope that we haven't jumped around
0: too much, yeah. Too
1: much, especially this one, because I kind of feel like I had a bunch of notes, but then we get talking and we start talking about something else, and I've, I'm, we've tried to get all that information in there, but if something isn't clear, please don't hesitate to ask a question in our Ravelry group. There will be a thread specifically for this episode where we can talk about substitutions, yarn weights, gauge issues, any of the above.
0: (laughs) And also in that thread, I will again put out, I'll probably do a poll in the thread asking who would like to participate in knitting the Comfort Fade Cardi as part of the self-indulgent knit along that starts in January. And a couple other things that we wanted to mention because we've been forgetting at the end of our episodes to do so with holiday shopping coming up. If you are doing any shopping on Amazon, if you would do us a huge favor and go to yarniax.com. on the right-hand side of the webpage, there is a link to Amazon. And if you click on that link to do your shopping, it puts a little, just a few pennies into the Yarniax fund. So that's great for shipping and other things. And it doesn't cost you anything. Right. There's no additional charge to you. And also we are Craftsy affiliates. So if you happen to do any purchasing of Craftsy classes or yarn. I think it works for yarn too. We get a small kickback on that as well. So we would appreciate it if you would use those if you happen to be doing any shopping on those two sites. The link for the Craftsy affiliates is, craftsy affiliates is also
1: on our website, yarnyx.com.
0: Yeah, so they're both really easy to find. Yes. Those links are easy to find. Yes. And if you have any problems with those links, please let me know. I know that we... I finally convinced Mike to use the Amazon link when we shop and yeah, we were having just a little technical glitch. So if you do have problems, please let us know. And
1: last but not least, our retreat, the knockers retreat for 2018 is on track and we should have received registrations from any returning attendees at this point. If you have not, received your registration or if you would like to be placed on the waiting list, now is the time to get your information to Tracy of the two knitlet chicks. You can PM her on Ravelry and send your email address to receive an application to be placed on the waiting list. And second, we will be at Stitches West in February of 2018 in Santa Clara, California. We will be having a very informal get-together on Saturday afternoon in the bar-slash-hotel area of the convention center and the attached hotel there. And if you are coming to Stitches, we hope that you will plan to stop by and say hello.
0: And I wanted to go back to the Knockers Retreat quickly. Oh, yes. Tracy is a little posy, P-O-S-Y, on Ravelry. (laughs) And you can also reach out to either Charlene or to me, and we'd be happy to help you. And if you're curious about knowing more about the Knockers Retreat, we do have a Ravelry group for that as well. N-O-C-K-R-S is what you search for. So that's short for Northern California Knitting Retreat. So very fun time. And if you're interested, we hope that you ask for more information. Okay. I think that's it. I think that's it. Oh, my goodness. First one of November. I can't <laughs> believe it. Thank you so much for listening. It's been such a pleasure to do this today. Like I said, my day didn't start out so great, so this has been a huge boost.
1: All right, and happy knitting, everybody. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.